Hello, and welcome back to Movie Reviews No One Asked For. I'm Richie, one of your co-hosts, and I just want to say thank you for checking out the podcast. We'd really appreciate if you give us a follow on Instagram, at MrNoafOfficial. So that is at M-R-N-O-A-F official. And give us a follow wherever you're listening to this, whether it be on Spotify, Breaker, anywhere else. Give us a follow and check out anchor.fm backslash MrNoaf. And that MrNoaf is all caps. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Welcome back to a new episode of Movie Reviews No One Asked For. I am one of your co-hosts, Richie, here with my co-host, Alex. Hello. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Today, we have a special treat. We... Thought we were going to review one movie, but we actually got the chance to see a, a different movie, and that mm-hmm. different movie happens to be a little bit more in our field of uh expertise, I would say. Oh, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is going to be about Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, one of the best critically re- reviewed Marvel movies of the last decade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> before we get into it. Uh, a little bit of warning. This is a spoiler-filled podcast. If you haven't seen the movie yet, go watch it. Come back. Listen to the episode. It's that mm-hmm. simple. You know, steps one, two, and three. And follow us on Instagram, at Mr. Official. Let us know what your thoughts are on the movie. And I would say you've been given a fair amount of time to uh, click off the episode. You know, one minute. But... We're going to hop right into this one because I'm kind of excited about it. Me too. I'm excited about it. So, review starts now. I thought the movie was pretty good. Hey. <laughs> well, I also thought it was pretty good. I didn't yeah. think it was amazing, but I thought it was not bad. I definitely... I, I do think... Like, I agree it's not amazing. It's not the best thing Marvel has put out. Sure. But in terms of the movies that Marvel has put out in Phase 4, this yeah. is probably a top three for me. Like, I, I thought it was, like, maybe... Yeah, honestly, I think it's probably top three. Are we talking, like... I think Shang-Chi is my, my favorite so far. And then... Probably Wakanda. And then oh, I guess interesting. this. See, for me, it's, uh, for me, it's Shang-Chi and Spider-Man. And then oh, this. I, I forget about Spider-Man. Yeah. I, I don't... I, in terms of how I how I compare it to Wakanda, mm-hmm. uh, Wakanda was, and this is you know my friend Jake put it pretty eloquently. Like Wakanda mm-hmm. was a more emotional movie than this yeah. one, but I had a lot more fun watching this. It was, it feels like it's going to be something that I'm more excited to watch on an MCU rewatch than most of the stuff in Phase Four. I completely agree. I thought it was actually really funny. Like there was a lot of really the jo- a lot of the jokes really landed for me. Um, I agree. Yeah, especially everything around Modok was hilarious for me. Um, I don't know if it was for you. Well, I I thought it was good. I was I was pretty cautious, weary mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Modok in the movie. Yeah, because it just seems like a character that's kind of hard to pull off in a way that is like received by audiences as like, ah, they got the character, right? I think they did get the character, right? 
And the person, one of the, one of the people who's written for Modok the most mm. in the comics has said that it's a very faithful adaptation. Yeah. And uh, just side plug, if you haven't seen Marvel's Modok show on Hulu. I have not seen it. I've heard good things. You should watch it. I believe Patton Oswald is the mm-hmm. voice of Modok. It's 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 honestly just fun. Like the yeah. thing the thing about Modok is that he's like such an unserious character. Well, I I don't know much about Modok outside of some things. Like maybe I've seen him in like some Avengers cartoons or whatever. Right. Um and yeah, he seems like kind of like a just like a character who I don't I don't think he's supposed to be a joke, but like I mean like he's like he's a big big giant head with yeah. tiny arms and tiny legs and like you know um i played the avengers video game that came out recently and modok was the main villain and somehow they like didn't make him ridiculous but he did look ridiculous but this movie i really liked that this movie like fully leaned into it and like just like the first time he took his mask off i thought was hilarious um and also yeah just, the like whole the way that they made him into the villain from the first movie and how like he's like partially shrunken and partially not i thought it was actually really really smart um yeah i don't know i just thought the movie was funny for me and like i agree though to circle back like like on our mc rewatch or something i think i would really look forward to watching this i i, I think there's some shortcomings maybe sure i mean it was kind of just dumb well, the movie was not like incredibly smart movie, um, like dumb humor, but like it was it was funny. I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, they, I mean, the Ant-Man movies are I feel like I've always kind of just been like dumb humor mixed with like a lot of heart. I think that's what this movie still is, even though it's on a completely different scale. Um, I don't know what you think about that, but yeah, I mean, I, I felt that the tone of the movie while having maybe more world building and mm-hmm. more like MCU emphasis on the U part like yeah. in the in the movie it didn't it still felt like an Ant-Man movie and yeah i agree you know actually. without like the characters of like Luis and like the crew of like um from the first two movies of like the guys who help him with like robberies and stuff like that like there there was stuff that was taken out for the replacement of like trying to make it in the quantum realm Mm -hmm. but i don't think that those absences necessarily cost the film any of its character as still being an ant-man film because i mean obviously at the heart of it is just paul rudd and I actually appreciate that in this one, they give him, it's not like super heavy handed, but they do give him moments where he is a serious, like, don't hurt my daughter. Like, and like yeah. the tone of his voice is like, so like, I'm not messing around now. I'm not going to cut like some sort of quip or something like that, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, actually, I think I was thinking about this film and like why i feel so it was like it is a good time um (laughs) you know even though i think it was not like the best movie they've put out um and i think it's like yeah the the humor really does land a lot of the time 
for me like it's just it's a fun movie like you get that the initial montage of him like talking and reading his his book and the kind of like happy-go-lucky start to the film um where like I don't feel like the movie, like when it wants to be serious, it does get serious, you know, but it really is pretty light a lot of the time. And that, that is nice. And I appreciate that. Like, I think, I think a lot of people equate like a good Marvel movie to like one that gets really dark and really serious and great. And like has like really like heavy stakes. Yeah. Heavy like, stakes. Yeah, and I feel you. Like, I think like Thor Love and Thunder, we, when we reviewed that, we were pretty nice to it. Um, you know, and I think that movie, a lot of people ended up not liking a lot. I, I don't know if your thoughts of that on the movie have changed, but like, um, I think people were kind of comparing this one to Thor and I, I think actually the jokes in Thor were better, but I think they were more often. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, it's, but, um, yeah, but, <laughs> but I, I kind of, I don't know. I liked, I just to finish the thought, like I liked I do like this movie better than Thor because I think the balance is better struck in this, you know, like they have that heart and you mentioned he does a lot of heroic things around his daughter. And I think that's kind of pretty apt for like Scott in these movies is he's really, when anything comes to his daughter, he is really serious and like takes it seriously. And I think, I think that was cool to see, I guess, especially like him fighting Kang and like all of the, yeah, so I don't know. I, I had a good time with this film. And I, I know that people seem to not like it that much, especially the, the critic score, I guess, or people are losing their mind <laughs> that Marvel is like getting a below of, you know, 70% of Rotten Tomatoes or something. But like, yeah, the, the current the current Rotten Tomatoes score for those who care um, <laughs> is yeah. an audience score of 84%. Yeah, which is surprising, it, I think. A tomato meter score of forty eight percent. Yeah, well, which you know, is just wrong. I mean, in my I, opinion. I'm a DC movie fan or a DC fan too. So, like for me, it's like this is just. Uh, you're. I'm, <laughs> you're, I'm used to this. You're feeling. used to it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I do. I do agree with some of the reviews. Like, I think. There are some people on there who like there's some there's some stuff that like if I thought about it more, I'm like, dang, I, I wish they really did that differently. Or like, you know, like I think there was a couple plot points with Kang that I was a little disappointed in or it seemed like they kind of like didn't take enough risks with like they played it a little safe with like the motivations of everything. Like I thought there's something that really kind of not ruined the whole Kang thing for me. But like I saw this like somebody said the trailers were making them think that like Scott was going to get offered like the the five years he didn't have with his daughter back by king and that would be like the motivation to steal the thing you know instead of just like i was like oh that would be really cool interesting like character conflict um but i don't really think this movie was like interested in doing that like again like you know i don't i don't know if we really need every marvel movie to be like this really introspective character conflict thing it's like scott lang is a really he's a really simple character and he just cares about his daughter and i kind of liked that i don't know i i agree i mean i'm, I'm in the same boat i <sighs> man the reviews for this movie are just like so are you, are you reading through something <laughs> no 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 just like stuff that i've heard it's just like mm-hmm. it's the movie if you just take it at face value for what it is it's yeah. just a fun like little 
honestly an exposition for phase five and probably phase six. Sure. Just like, all right, we met he who remains in Loki. Yeah. And now we are meeting Kang and we kind of understand the, like the motive a little bit more of like what the conflict is with Kang, because Mm -hmm. in Loki, they talk about the multiversal war and how, like one king created a lieth and one king who is he who oh. remains can like control a life and you know a lot of stuff and like until until now in basically every other phase four movie it was a little bit ambiguous as to like so we know that king's coming but we don't really know like what he's capable of like if we should be worried mm-hmm and then in the post credit scene of this movie, it becomes very apparent uh, what what the problems are going to be <laughs> moving forward. Yeah. And I'm really excited for it. I think before I start talking about that, I just want to say that Jonathan Majors mm-hmm. is a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Uh, he's great in Lovecraft Country. He's great in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. He is going to be in Creed 3, which I'm really excited for. He, he's going to be in like four f- films this year, I feel like, including Ant-Man, Creed 3. I think he's in another boxer film as well. And he's like, in, he just a, came out with a like fighter jet uh, thing. Fighter jet. Yeah, it's called Devotion. Yeah. He's just, he's just acting a lot. He's and just he's a lot a, of work. <laughs> he's a really good actor. So it's really good. Yeah. But the reason I'm excited is because, again, spoilers. We've already talked about a lot of stuff, though, so I don't know why anyone would care about spoilers at this point. But the post, the first post credit scene mm-hmm. shows the quote Kang Dynasty mm-hmm. with a bunch of like I'm talking like thousands, probably different yeah. variations of Kang, and there was like three that were like kind of like the head honchos. Yeah. Uh, I believe one is Immortus, one is King Ramatut. Mm-hmm. Some people think that one of them can be a take on the Scarlet Centurion. Either way, these are all alter egos well, of Kang. In I think kind of like like to to step back a second, like from a general audience perspective. I think the reason that people, some people, have been kind of like critical of the way Kang is like uh, depicted in the film, especially sure. like towards the end, which I think people are not really realizing what the threat really is, because like. I think the single Kang by himself is definitely a threat and like formidable, you know, but the, the larger threat is really not like the one version of him. It's like that there are so many in like an infinite amount of this type of person and probably worse versions of this, this type of person. <laughs> I actually really like that Marvel is, it's really risky, I think, because it's like, like imagine if they had taken like a billion different Thanoses and had, Thanos die in every movie or like you know but only for the prospect of like a worse one to come it's kind of like I think it could it could get a little predictable if they end up doing this more like they have another Kang and like a Captain Marvel movie or something and well I think I think that is actually going to be kind of how it works I remember Mm -hmm. reading an interview or something like that that had a quote that was basically along the lines of like there is not going to be any projects moving forward mm-hmm. that do not feel the presence of okay. Kang in some way. Which I think is really cool because it, it, it makes him feel like this like extra um, 
not extra dimensional but kind of this like like looming, an omnipresence yeah omnipresent thing that's like there's not one villain there's not it's like like honestly i kind of feel like if you were to even get out of the quantum realm in this film like like just the magnitude of what could happen like like at the end of loki is like everything in a single like instant is completely changed and like there's it's i think it's really hard what they're doing right now marvel because like how do you write a character like this who like if he wins it's if he like literally just gets out it's everything is over you know and i don't know i'm looking forward to it but i think it's really risky because it's not as it's not as easy to understand i think by a lot of general audiences like yeah it's definitely ambitious thinking yeah and they oh the way that i kind of see it playing out Mm -hmm. is as we saw there's many variations of king Mm -hmm. i think that there's going to be like you know in the movie the king dynasty Mm -hmm. avengers movie we're going to see like that like huge armada of kings sure but i think that in the projects between then and now we're going to see like key king roles Mm mm-hmm like emerge as like probably those three that were like the speaking roles in that post-credit scene probably, i think that they're gonna yeah. emerge in other projects and one theory that i saw and we just love we just love a movie review podcast talking oh, about yes. theories oh yeah but uh we're the more the marvel review podcast at this point marvel true, reviews true, true. no one asked for no one asked for yeah true <laughs> um <laughs> what i was gonna say is that Personally, I don't think that Kang the Conqueror in this Ant-Man film, I don't think he's dead. And yeah, that, that's another thing too. But even even if he is dead, I think that's like not the like the point is that it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't I think matter. That's, but that's something Marvel is like it's it, that's not an easy concept to get across, I think for a lot of people. Right. You know? What what I was going to say though is that I think that he is I think that Kang although Avengers Secret Wars is going to yeah. deal with like a broad conflict of like two universes or multiple universes collapsing into each other. Mm-hmm. I, the way that I see it playing out is the King dynasty will be vanquished in mm-hmm. Avengers, the King dynasty and in secret wars, King mm-hmm. will still be the antagonist, but it will be like the worst version of King. Yeah. I think, I think it, actually you might be right that like this, if we're theorizing like this King, I think has the potential to come back. Cause I think, I think from what I seem to understand from the subtext, like this was supposed to be the worst king. Um, the one that they all grouped up on to like this seems to be the king who's who's like interested in he's kind of like the antithesis of he who remains, it seems like. He's like the one who hunts to create a different version of the sacred timeline from from Loki. We're getting into some real Marvel lore now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll get. I want to like get back said, to like, our area of expertise. <laughs> well, you know, because we like we like talking about this stuff, and yeah, and I do want to get sure. back to like some of the performances and talk about Jonathan Majors a bit. But like on a on a like a zoomed out perspective, I think this is why this these films are so hard for people. Because like I'm not going to sit here and say they've all been fantastic or all been as maybe general audience pleasing as the first three phases of the Marvel movies, right? Um, but I think, I think Marvel is trying something, and they they have a vision clearly. It's just a more complicated and less clear vision than like, you know, good versus evil, Thanos kind of like this really easy to understand physical like presence, you know. Um, and 
I'm I'm all here for it. I think you are too, but I think also it takes like we are also representative of the certain type of like Marvel fan who's gonna get like really deep in the weeds, you know. And I and I worry that they're gonna end up losing some people. I think, uh, or they already have kind of have started losing some people, um, right? You know, and I don't know. I'm interested to see where they go with this, and I think like I didn't I didn't want them to just make another Thanos, you know, like. You can't just do the same thing again for the next like ten years or whatever they're doing, right? But, um, but yeah, I don't know because I think Kang was really cool in this movie. I think like I mean, one, I just I've always loved this character. Like you know, I used to read about him a lot in the comics, and I always thought he was one of the goofiest, <laughs> like scariest characters. <laughs> the Avengers and Fantastic Four uh, could fight, you know. Mm. Um, so seeing him on screen was actually like really crazy for me because I never I never really knew Thanos that much. Like, but Kang, I used to like read about a lot. Right. Um, so I, I, I loved it, but I'm really curious what most people are thinking about this. You know, um, I think I think Jonathan Majors is pulling it off, though. I think he's really scary on on, on screen. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, you know, I, I went on a tangent talking mm-hmm. about all gang stuff like the reason i started talking about it is just because like yeah. jonathan majors is just so good yes what i'm most excited for is that he's gonna portray the same character more or less in yeah. a bunch of different ways and he's like he's already he's already done that he he who remains very different than king yeah. of the conqueror very yeah. different than the people at the in the post credit scene i think people also don't realize like like we're not only going to see him portray villains. Like there's versions of Kang in the comics who are straight up heroes. Like I think Iron Lad is a version. Like yeah, Iron like, Lad. I'm. Iron he's Lad... probably going to pop up. I and mean, this is spoilers for future Marvel films, but he'll probably <laughs> pop up in the Young Avengers. I think. Um, if they're gonna, right. I think they're making a Young Avengers movie. I'm not sure. Long, long rumored yet to be long come. rumored. Yeah, they're they're they've got it with all the like they have all the young. For people who don't know, like Young Avengers is literally exactly like what it sounds like. It's like, like there's at this point we have what Miss Marvel, we have Kate Bishop, we have um, what are some of the other young? <laughs> we have the the I can't remember her name. Sh- shoot from from Wakanda. Oh Shuri. Uh, not Shuri. Uh oh Riri. Riri. Yeah, I don't remember what yep. her, her, uh, Ironheart. Ironheart. Yeah. Yep. Um, we're gonna get a Young Avengers movie and Iron Lad, I think. And also uh yeah. I Isaiah Thompson, I think was yeah. his name in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. True, yeah. Um so like we might see Jonathan Majors. I don't know actually I don't know if they're gonna cast him for that, but like I but like it'll still be the same character. Yeah, like Kang Kang as a character is gonna be in like so many things. So I think people are looking at this movie right now, and the main criticism I've seen is like Kang just got killed by a bunch of ants, which hold up for a second you know <laughs> but, um like they were really advanced ants, which is crazy this movie is so this movie is bonkers i just i think it was important to address it how like off the wall insane this film is i think when the when the building started moving about halfway through i was like this movie is just is just craziness um in a in a really cool way, like a really comic booky way, and I really liked that. Um, but uh, I don't know where I was going. Oh yeah, I think just um, people are looking at it and they're seeing Kang like get like, oh my god, he's such a pushover. You know, he's he's like, how could this guy like extend up the Avengers? 
Um, but yeah, they they don't realize that like this is just there. There is no one villain, you know. There's no one person that is going to be who they who who the the threat is. It's more existential, I think. And but I don't I don't know if that's going to be. It's it's going to be hard for them to sell that because I think the end credit scene, as cool as it is for a lot of comic fans, I think makes like zero sense for a lot of general audiences. <laughs> It's just like what sure. is going on, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so I kind of what I'm trying to say is I kind of understand where the critics are coming from, or at least I understand the reception to this film. Well, I can understand um, that aspect of the reception to it, mm-hmm. but like the the cringe part of the critic mm-hmm. reviews yeah. is when just like man, Marvel fatigue. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. And it's just like I saw something the other day that was like basically saying like it really just seems like critics want there to be Marvel fatigue and they're kind of projecting that as a thing that's happening when it's not mm-hmm. really happening for the people who are like Marvel fans. Maybe for for general audiences, I could see fatigue yeah. for superhero media because. I think, well, I think there's objective fatigue. I think there's like, sure. I mean, but like, I think in a general sense, because Marvel has put out so many projects, like, like, like I've talked to friends about stuff on Disney plus or whatever. And like, most of my friends have not seen all of the stuff that Marvel has put out in the last year. And like, if you go back to 2019 and before that, that was like, not really the case. I mean, there was a little bit up to end game, like, like oh the new new marvel film but it was way more like likely that people would have seen everything like going into those movies um so i think kind of like what happened with star wars there's like a can you, there's a lot of so, content sorry yeah. one sec if you can hear uh, a cat meowing i did hear a cat that's okay hi cat keep going you were saying <laughs> i was just you know i think there's just a lot of content they're putting out and um for people who are really into it, they're going to watch all of it. But I think people who are not as so into it, like actually for me, like I'm not a giant Star Wars fan. Um, and I think I could, I look at Star Wars the way somebody might look at Marvel, you know, outside of myself, I guess. And I look at all the stuff they put out and I'm just kind of like fatigued by it. Like I don't really have any desire to see it. I haven't seen the last like four or five Star Wars things. Like if they were to put like a movie out, I'd probably go see it. But, but you know, it's it's a lot harder to keep up with, yeah, an interconnected universe that includes TV shows. Yeah, and, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's and you know, pretty soon DC is going to be doing the same thing. I yeah, I mean, it's it's just I think the the way that this stuff is going, like I think people, and I really hope DC can pull it off. And I don't, I I have faith in DC, but like they're, they're yeah. even going to expand even further. They're like, they're going to have video, video games, games that are yeah. connected, all this stuff. But when yeah. it comes to like star Wars as well, I, you know, it, one thing that I've heard is that Andor is just the best project yeah. on Disney plus. Well, so I, that's watched, a- I watched two episodes mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And it's really good, but I just like, don't have like the motivation of like, Oh, I need to be caught up on star Wars. Oh yeah, totally. I feel that. But like, interestingly with Andor, I think like this is something that Marvel and DC are starting to figure out is, well, I think actually DC had figured it out, strangely enough. Like they went through a lot of failures and their their whole their whole vision was like, let's just make a single good film. And I, I really think if like general audiences, when 
like even if there's a ton of superhero fatigue as people are calling it or critics are calling it if a single film like a film hits really well like let me try to think of a a recent example it's like spider-man let's take spider-man right like that film i mean obviously it's one of the most beloved characters all time but it was the third of a film of a third rebooted spider-man franchise in the last like 10 years you know, plus it's part of this Marvel universe, which has been going on for 10 years with countless movies and stuff. Like there was all the, there was every reason to have superhero fatigue leading into that film, you know, and three different versions of Spider-Man. Like, like that, that sounds headache inducing, but the movie made how much money? You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I think quite a bit. Yeah. I think, I think Marvel and DC really, maybe this is taking a step back from it and everything i think they just really need to focus on like making singularly really good projects and i really hope king dynasty and everything and all that well i don't know i mean like i don't think Ant-Man was bad though it's just what i'm trying to say is people say there's all this fatigue but at the end of the day when a movie comes out that hits it hits you know and i think i'm kind of with you and i think there really isn't as much fatigue as people are projecting I don't know. That was kind of a long-winded way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I it it, yeah. it it's something that is going to be a conversation for a while. I think yeah, because definitely Marvel is is I'm sure they're committed to like seeing through with whatever plan they have right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I think they're reevaluating the pace at which yeah. they're going about it, but like they're going to get idea. Secret Wars. like yeah which is crazy the fact that we're getting secret wars like i literally never thought we would get any of this stuff in film which is i still think like kind of need to pinch myself as like a comic fan that we just got king the conqueror you know in a film and actually i still pinch myself honestly that we got like hank pym like to go back to ant-man like i i funnily enough like ant-man the original Ant-Man is like one of my favorite characters in comics, like him and yellow jacket and like all these, like there's so much that Marvel has not actually delved into because they just couldn't, you know, they couldn't because he was older by the time, like they, they couldn't go into the, there's, he's a fascinating character, like Hank Pym in the comics. Like he goes through some, some some crap. Um, But like, you know, like, like what I'm trying to say is like, for someone who's interested in like the lore and all this and like seeing, you know, or, or like, like as always wanted to see these characters on in a film medium. I think it's still kind of just a crazy moment. We're getting all this stuff, which is kind of what propels me through all this. Cause like, you know, it is a lot, but like at the same time, it's like, Oh my gosh, we're getting Miss Marvel. Oh my gosh, we're getting this, we're getting that. And it's like, it's just kind of cool for as a fan, you know? Um, so maybe does that mean like you and I are willing to give these movies more of a pass? Well, you know i don't know it's tough because Mm -hmm. i guess so in a sense we are giving it more of a pass Mm -hmm. because there's so much to being a marvel fan Mm -hmm. before the mcu that makes the mcu just like so like i've been waiting for this sort of stuff for a long time yeah and even then, if you're just if you're just an MCU fan, not even you don't care about comic books, you don't care about Marvel games, you know, you just, which is to- totally fine. Yeah, yeah, even in that case, like it's it's there's a lot of stuff that you're willing to give a pass on. Mm-hmm. 
But I, I don't necessarily think that just because I gave a lot of things a pass or that we give a lot of things a pass, mm-hmm. I don't think that that means that we can't... I, I don't think we're overlooking a bad movie. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't... I think that... Because, you know, there's some there's some stuff that Marvel yeah. puts out that I'm like, I probably won't watch this <laughs> Well, I will actually all agree with that because I think, like, for me, the way I've recently evaluated movies is, like, did, was there some level of heart and like human emotion put behind it? And I think like Ant-Man and Doctor Strange are comparable in that way. I think both of them are de- decent movies, but I like Ant-Man a lot better because I feel like as much as Doctor Strange had Sam Raimi and like, you know, it was cool. I feel like Doctor Strange was like kind of soulless. It didn't really feel like it was trying to say anything. I think I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll mm-hmm. tell you what. Sorry to cut you off, but the way no, that people are talking about Ant-Man is yeah. the way that I feel about that Doctor Strange movie. I feel the same. I feel the same. And I think people did talk about Doctor Strange in the same way. <laughs> but but like there's something about this film, and it's it's the same director, you know, who's done all the other Ant-Man movies. Um I know these movies are not made by director, they're all made by like committee and Kevin Feige and everything, but like there there is a sense of continuity with the other two films, like you, like you pointed out, it still feels like an Ant-Man movie. I think the general idea to pit Ant-Man against like the biggest threat Marvel has ever had is actually hilarious and really smart. Um, it's, it's tricky. And I think it didn't quite pay off for them. And the fact that like, even though we don't believe it, there's a lot of people out there who are going to look at this film film and see Kang the Conqueror as the dude who got trampled by ants. And <laughs> You know, even though that's a real oversimplification, it exists. Like that is a thing, you know. But but I think the idea is so smart because it really raises Scott's character up. Or it really it kind of it's that whole like thing they had with Hawkeye and all that, like, you know, look out for the little guy. It's like literally in the film. Right, um, right. Like I love I love that at the end Scott is the character who who stayed behind and like you know and was like willing instantly willing to like put himself in that hero position and i think that's kind of like what these movies are about you know these like movies is superhero films are kind of like at their core supposed to be these like reminders of i guess of and i don't know i'm getting i'm getting in the weeds but like i just i like i like these these little films that tell me to be a good person or like show me examples of people being good people and i I don't know i I think i think i think there is a this film was 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 really smart with the way it went around about kang i think but i do worry that it's going to have a lot of issues with people but i don't know also that's true that's not i don't it's not my thing to care about like i'm still going to go see these films even if other people don't like them so yeah same even I'm probably going to go see them even if they aren't good. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, may, you know, maybe that's where we have the conversation of like, am I giving it too much of a pass? But it's like, yeah. I just care too much yeah. about well, being in the know about everything. Yeah, well, I, I feel that. But I think with Ant-Man, it's like, I can genuinely sense that there was like a human who wanted to tell a story about yeah. characters he's written or they they like you know this whoever whoever were worked on this film like there's a sense that they really care about like the title character um and there was an idea and i think with doctor strange it's like there's there i don't know i just didn't feel that same level of 
humanity trying to poke through and it's like back to what we we're talking about with avatar it's like i want there's a reason these blockbusters should exist and i think i don't know i'm, I'm getting too into too into the weeds but I, yeah <laughs> um i don't know you know speaking speaking about avatar mm-hmm. sure and how we were in that episode we were talking about world building and stuff mm-hmm. you know i really appreciate the world building of the quantum realm and the idea of just and like you know they did this in Doctor Strange too, just the idea of the Marvel universe being much bigger than li- than literally just Earth and the galaxy around it and that sort of stuff and like yeah. the universe that it lives in. However, what I will say, I don't think the CGI was bad. I'm just gonna say that now. <laughs> there are some people that do, and I'm like, you're uh, whatever. Yeah. But um, I do think that the movie does best visually when it's on like practical like is or like the the scenes of like scott walking through san francisco they just look more like i don't want to say but like it just feels better to watch than like the overload of cgi that's on the screen i i really like i don't know i don't know what what changed to me but like i really it takes a lot for cgi to be like quote-unquote bad for me to be out of a film me too yeah i i really just don't care anymore because like i think i understand the amount of work that goes into this stuff and like the amount of people who work on these projects who are underworked and underpaid probably and like you know I think I think the film actually visually is really stunning. I don't know if that's I mean there's there's some shoddy green screen or whatever, but like the the scene where they go into that like probability storm is like so cool. The, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The the I one scene of like I think when there's like a thousand Scots trying to build a tower and then there's Jan uh, not Janet but uh Hope the wasp is like oh and then they all like collapse into each other like that's oh that's just that's cool i love that stuff i don't know i mean yeah i mean you know they're they're, in this movie specifically they're they weren't going to be able to get away from like real i was gonna say really cool visuals and it just reminded me yeah um i do agree i do agree with you though i think i I know what you're saying i i understand that though i just i just like the the look of like a practical camera with like the focus and like out of focus perspective type thing yeah but but what i I was gonna say though mm -hmm. is that when they get sucked into the quantum realm Mm -hmm. the visuals during that scene i thought were like as interesting as like the stuff in dr strange one I well when the first Ant Man came out, I honestly thought the same thing. I thought like Ant Man One and Doctor Strange like had both had some really interesting visuals, but they were both kind of like on the same level. I thought in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always thought the Ant Man films are really cool. Like whenever they go into the the like smaller realms or the quantum stuff, and I don't know, I was just surprised how much this felt like an Ant Man film, even with all the other madness and stuff around it you know um uh this is also weirdly enough the first the second marvel film about like multiverses to be named like like it's like multiverse of madness and then quantum mania <laughs> like what what is going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh didn't put that together you know they don't i i that does feel a little heavy-handed i like the title 
quantum mania more than just multiverse of madness i do considering considering that the way that the movies played out you know even though there was a scene in doctor strange where he like traversed through the multiverse to get to another like universe yeah it didn't really feel like the multiverse if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, this but, movie felt more like a multiverse of that. Or like just like cr- crazy visual feast, like in a way that Doctor Strange that you, didn't That really... I think people were expecting from Doctor Strange that they didn't yeah. deliver on. Well, people were expecting so much from Doctor Strange. It was like insane. That like Tom true. Cruise Iron Man is going to show up and like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah, that's really a level. That's, well, that's kind of what Marvel has set themselves up for in these films. And like... I'll tell you what, though. Yeah. It's not just Marvel. A it's big, not. So, so it's worth discussing this. A big thing mm-hmm. with Marvel movies mm-hmm. is the culture of, like, scoopers and journalists yeah. who have insider knowledge. And I love playing and inside DC, baseball. And really any and of these any Yeah, just, just, the, just the culture of scoopers and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all over Twitter. Mm-hmm. it's all over youtube mm-hmm. uh presumably all over tiktok i don't see it on there as much I, I don't see anything on there that's not something i already see elsewhere yeah. yeah but it's just like people the expectation management is so much harder for marvel because there's just so many rumors yeah that spread true. regardless if they're true or not like People that that Iron Man thing is like people people really thought that was gonna happen. Yeah, and like there was some scoopers who were like no, and there were some <laughs> scoopers who were like yes, yeah. and like you, people will be like oh well they filmed it and then they ended up going like another direction and it's like <laughs> it there's there's no way to trust those sort of sources now, yeah. and also like manage your expectations for Marvel. My, I know people that are just that just hate that sort of stuff mm. and i can't i can't blame them because i mean it's you know there there was yeah. people myself included who just knew about what was happening in spider-man 3 mm-hmm. the new spider-man 3 before it happened and i don't regret it necessarily because i still we, we both it. we both knew i'm fairly yeah sure. exactly yeah right yeah. but it's like there are people who just like get really disappointed when yeah. they hear something might happen. Well, and then they kind of like fan fiction themselves into believing oh, yeah. like that things will play out a certain way and that sort of thing. Well, I'm gonna say like Tom Cruise Iron Man in Doctor Strange would not have changed my thoughts <laughs> even a little bit on that film, you know. And <laughs> Spider Man Three was a good film, and I think that's, yeah, that's why. True. That's true. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so I, I think oh, there are a lot of people, there's like a subset of people who, like you said, there's a culture where there's an expectation that like a crazy character is going to show up that you that was kept under wraps or some character is going to die that nobody knew about. And like nothing, none of that really happened in Ant-Man. Um, and I think maybe it, it it it's not like Marvel has set themselves up to have an expectation of like a crazy Marvel movie is where like, it's like it's both good visually pleasing the cgi is perfect there's unexpected carrier character cameos from past nostalgic properties you know there's uh like a bunch of this stuff and i think the movie was fine i think you look on the critic review and like there are a lot of people who are just like 
what are some reviews? Um, the worst Marvel movie yet. Uh, another lackluster blockbuster. Um, nothing more than a desperate money grab for Marvel. Like, <laughs> like I don't. There, I think there's a lot of cynicism that goes into these movies oh, nowadays. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It's just weird. It's I don't know how to explain it. It's, oh, it's I, I get it. We're living in a weird. I get it, but I also just like yeah. This this same thing could have been happening leading yeah. up to Endgame, sure, and it wasn't. And then you, you know one of the funniest things that I hear is people who are like, you know, since Endgame, like Marvel is just <laughs> like blah blah blah, and it's like you do realize there was a there was an entire year, yeah. Where there was no Marvel stuff. Yeah. Like, they gave us a pretty long break if we're talking about, like, their usual output of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or just anything from Hollywood. Like, Hollywood is a machine that pumps stuff out yeah. just, like, so fast. We did get and, COVID, though. COVID happened after Endgame. Well, yeah, exactly. But it, but it's like, that... the you can't say that they've just been going like nonstop when they yeah. literally like weren't. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I mean, and I also, I don't think the pace they were putting things out was terrible because a lot of it was varied. Like we would get Moon Knight and then we get She-Hulk and like those things are so different. Are very different. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also like in terms of, if we're talking about movies, they're, mm-hmm. they're still spread out. Like, yeah, admittedly they have been doing more mm-hmm. but they they haven't you know it's not like it's been like yeah. february there's a movie also, march also, there's a movie this is a weird thought is i actually think now that i'm thinking back on some of the marvel stuff they put out in the last couple of years i would actually say some of the tv shows are my favorite projects they've done more than any of the movies like i think the spider i mean like no way home was great but i think my favorite marvel thing was probably either um she hulk or moon knight i'm not gonna lie i think that's probably a very contentious conversation like <laughs> thing to say um but like i think they were doing some really cool stuff and i think a lot of people were missing it so they were just looking at the movies and being like oh my god these are not nearly as good as they used to be and they didn't right. see that marvel was really like branching out and trying weird stuff in the tv space um or wandavision too but i mean like a lot of people oh. saw wandavision yeah, I mean, WandaVision was really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's kinda... probably the weirdest thing still that they've put out. I think it's crazy they started on that <laughs> for TV shows. Yeah, uh, same. Yeah. They they went WandaVision and then Loki. Yeah, which... well, Falcon and Winter Soldier came out. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> which was supposed to be first, I think. That was supposed to come out first. I think you're right. And it did not. Um, But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I but I, I think i think it's really easy for people to see the, the the quantity of stuff and write it all off as like too much or not good or and also i just think i don't know i feel like like it's almost like people are just you can't please people with with these with things and i think it's really easy to criticize marvel and i but i i don't want to like de like undercut that because i think people are allowed to have their opinions i guess no no yeah well that's why that's why we exist so people don't actually have to have opinions so we can just exactly. tell them what to think yes but yeah. <laughs> but um i just i think there is a lot of people who are not willing to just be like this is this is not going for best picture i guess wakanda forever was kind of going for best picture but like a lot of the marvel output is really just it's just comic book stuff at this point it's like 
you know that, that doesn't give it a pass like if there's i guess bad writing sure whatever or bad cgi but like you know if you don't like the quality of these movies go watch something else i guess um because i don't really know what they should be doing differently like does that make yeah. any sense no yeah that, <laughs> that makes a ton of sense it's like it at this point regardless of how popular it is mm-hmm. it is still a niche and it's like if you don't want to watch comic book movies mm-hmm. then don't <laughs> no one is making you there's other movies that are out right now and like it's just like i don't know it, it, it honestly yeah it's true it's like i don't know what you're expecting like it's it's a movie set in a comic book universe like of course you're gonna go to like some dimension where like ants can be like gigantic and there's like this guy who's like putting like red juice into your mouth and stuff it's like it's supposed to it's it's i don't want to say it's supposed to be wacky but it's like it is supposed to be wacky they're comic books they're comic books it's just like they're not supposed to be serious yeah which they can be like you know mm-hmm. movies like Falcon uh, Winter Soldier like Captain America two yeah that movie is great mm-hmm. but like it's it's the great thing about comic books and comic book characters mm-hmm. is that they can exist in a world where you have that movie mm-hmm. and then you have this movie exactly. which are just completely different the only it's you know. There is through lines between them, but like they, yeah. they're not supposed to be all the same. They're supposed to be, they're supposed to take risks and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, it's funny because I would say that a lot of people. No, I'll, I'll rephrase. OK, a lot of pretentious people okay. would say that, like, this movie really follows the Marvel formula. And in a way. I agree with them, but not for the way that they think. Yeah. Well, what is the Marvel formula at this point? Yeah, like... exactly. That's 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 what I, that's the reason that I agree because I I think yeah. the Marvel formula is just like that they can the they can just kind of be different every time. Yeah, you know, like well, they've I don't... kind of they've taken themselves out of the Marvel formula since. Endgame, Since I feel like. Endgame, yeah. Well, and not, I yeah, not like they've, re- they've the most redefined risky. the formula yeah. into being like kind of i don't want to say like a soft reboot but like mm. in terms of like the create the creative aspects of like their direction yeah like they're not as concerned with like making sure that everything oh, dude I... i'll tell you i'll tell you one thing yeah one review that i saw mm-hmm. was that it was something along the lines of like you know this ant-man movie doesn't understand that you have to have a hook you know you need to have and i'm just like what what are you talking about <laughs> Like that one there, there's anybody. The the review went on to talk about like that's the problem with Marvel recently. They don't understand like that you have to hook an audience like they did with Thanos, and it's like yeah. one Kang is the hook, two also mm-hmm. the multiverse, and then also the mutants. Like all these things that if you yeah. actually care about Marvel movies, you know that those are the hooks. Well, but that's the thing is is they. I kind of figured this would happen like back when back when like Avengers won, honestly, like when I was kind of thinking about where this was going to go, I was I was thinking one day we're going to get to the point where Marvel is because just the way these films work is like they'll start by playing it safe. You know, we have 
Iron Man and Captain Marvel, all those initial movies were pretty safe by the books, superhero origin films, right? And then we get Avengers, which was a pretty safe film. You know, it was pretty decent, I guess, but like it was safe. And, you know, we started, they took more risks. We got to Infinity War, like you know, all that stuff. That is a bit of a risk. But like, if we look at Infinity War and Endgame, we compare those movies to like what they just are doing now. I think with like the, not like necessarily in the story risks they're taking, like, but they're going for concepts that are not as easy to understand. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say understand. I think they're going for things that are not as general audience friendly. They're, they're going for comic booky things. Like the villain is no longer a physical threat who it's like very easily apparent that he's like a threat. It's now an existential, multiversal, like goofy threat where we could have a king in this movie and we could have a Kang and like Loki and they like, you know, and they're, they're going for things. And I, I think it's cool and I don't want to see them put back in their box, I guess. I don't, I don't either. I think, I think at this point, when it comes to critics Mm -hmm. who, who I personally categorize under general audience Mm -hmm. because critics, you know, are supposed to see a lot of different movies. Yeah. They aren't they they aren't necessarily going to be like the you and I's that are like yeah. the Marvel fans. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I think that for critics and for general audiences, I don't necessarily think Marvel is trying to cater to them anymore. I, I think that they're I think that Disney That's... and Marvel as entities are conscious of their choices that they make to, to yeah. like to like make sure that their movies are successful and that sort of thing. Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, they are catering to general audiences, but they yeah. they've realized that they've already done the thing. They've done they've done the the most cater, uh, catering to general audiences with Endgame and Infinity War, all these exactly. movies. You know? like they and they've proved they've the, made the money. Yeah, that's true. Even mm-hmm. though they are catering, they're, it's not their priority to cater to general audiences. Yeah. I think at this point, they. I don't want to say that they're doing fan service, but like they are more concerned, I think Mm -hmm. with like, even on, even on their worst projects, the Marvel fandom will still be there to support them because they know that like, you're, you, you know, even, even if you have like a flop, you Mm -hmm. can always come back and make a good movie. And, like, yeah. I think that when it comes to the Marvel fandom, it's just, like, you know, maybe, like, a project isn't as good as, you know, maybe something from Phase 3 or Phase 1. Yeah. But it's, like, it's still not bad. And also, we we know where it's going and that Marvel has the capabilities and to do good. And I, just, I think people just trust them. So they just... I think Marvel just knows that the fandom has their trust and they're not worried about displeasing anyone else Mm -hmm. well i i kind of maybe look at it a different way and i think that like they they really don't have anywhere else to go like i think if they were to play safe movies and just do another repeat of the whole avengers like infinity saga which is with completely different characters um but cut from the same cloth you know i think people would sniff that out immediately and they would fail so Mm -hmm. i think like the only route they had was to try something different and and I think I think like that also coincidentally is probably what the creatives wanted to do. I know I'm talking kind of cynically right now, and I understand that. Like, but I'm looking from from like a corporate perspective, 
and they were probably given the green light to do all this stuff because the other way would have been worse, you know. But I think I think in doing so, it has been really good that like one, they have diversified a lot of their casts, you know. Like we've got characters like Miss Marvel, we've gotten like She Hulk, you know, we've gotten these these uh more interesting diverse characters and uh, kind of widening the world up um and telling different types of stories and different like literally different like a sitcom or a whatever like they're really expanding what marvel is doing as like a property um have but- you heard the story of mm-hmm. like how um what's the what's his name a director one sec mm-hmm. one sec um uh, how let's see who's who's it directed by who's directed people, damien chazelle people, do you, people. you know how uh like damien chazelle like came to direct la la land like how that project came to be basically mm-hmm. and this i i know this kind of seems like out of out of left field but basically he wrote la la land and it was like his dream project mm-hmm. and he was never able to make it at first because it's it would just it would just need too much funding like mm-hmm. it, it was just too ambitious of a project so he made the short film uh with uh, jk simmons that was whiplash. the it, mm-hmm. was, it was whiplash but it wasn't the full feature mm-hmm. film yet it premiered at sundance mm-hmm. it then got produced into whiplash which then became what it is a great uh, amazing movie mm-hmm. and oscar nominated oscar winning i'm pretty sure um but because of that mm-hmm. he was then able to have trust from hollywood to make this dream film of his which is la la land which was and is probably going to be a timeless classic mm-hmm. um and i think that in the same in a similar sense with marvel it's just like they're at a point now where it's like they've they have established themselves enough to the point where they can take these risks yeah. and do the things that they want to do that they wouldn't have been able to do before mm-hmm. i agree you know what i mean yeah. and i think that come secret wars it's i think everyone's gonna look back at most of the movies in these three phases not yeah. all of them because Black Widow seemingly has nothing to do with any of this stuff. <laughs> but like they're, they're, it's going to like make a lot more sense. And they're going to be like, oh, I should have trusted the process or something like that. You know, I think that is that is an optimal outlook. Yeah, I, I would hope by the time we get there. But I also think it's entirely possible they're going to lose or become really divisive by the time we get to Secret Wars. And we could maybe be looking at because, like, where does Marvel go from Secret Wars? You know, like I've, like I think eventually they're going to have to reboot. Oh, I um, think I think that that's kind of what Secret Wars is going to be in yeah. a sense. Um, but I, I even if they reboot, you know, they're they're still going to put out mm-hmm. no. Marvel will stop making superhero movies when people don't want superhero movies anymore. No, no I think and they're the- going to keep doing it, but I think like the the universe is going to have to reboot. It's going to get too big. They're going to no, have no, no, yeah, no, no. I get you. Yeah. I, I, I got you. That's, that's what I think is going to happen. Comic books do that literally like all the time. Like DC, right. 
would reboot constantly. But I, I don't think that Marvel. Yeah. Okay, let me, my thought wasn't finished. It, the, oh, but, okay. okay, okay. So like, I think that they, I, what I said was they'll stop when people mm-hmm. don't want superhero movies anymore. But the thing mm-hmm. is, like, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. Superheroes have been around since the dawn of comic books, yeah. and they're still here. And I think that even if Marvel reboots, mm-hmm. the stories that are told through superhero movies, regardless of who the characters are at that yeah. point, like people are still gonna want to see like the like the Spider Man yeah. archetype, you know? Well I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I, I completely agree, but I also think like what happened with Avengers Endgame is never gonna happen ever again. I don't think even That's the, true. even the DCU Justice League, whenever that comes out Unless those movies are like crazy successful, I don't think we're going to see the level of success Avengers had because I think I th- I, I think the superhero genre is like here to stay, obviously. And yeah. I think if you if you look at a different genre like um, the Western genre, um, if you look at the way that that progressed um, when it was like fully in its kind of heyday, you know, and nowadays. We don't get nearly as many westerns, but we 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 do get some. Like there are modern westerns that come out. There are western influenced films, and I think that's going to happen with superheroes. I think we're going to get to a point where we'll probably reach the point where it's too much, um, and it will just fade out of popularity. But I I don't think the genre is ever going to go away, you know. But uh, so I think Marvel, when they get to that Secret Wars point, they're probably going to end up pairing back a ton. I imagine. I mean, well, maybe I don't know because at the end of the day, it's about money too. You know, that's so. true. I I just think that after Secret Wars, mm-hmm. all these problems that people have with like mm-hmm. the ambiguity of Marvel's vision. Oh yeah, I see is it's just going to be like it's we're going to be in a similar point where we were after Endgame, where it's just like where mm-hmm. do they go from here? And yeah. then they they're gonna. They're going to say something and people are going to be like, oh, it's going to be like, I don't know, Avengers yeah. versus the X-Men or something like that. <laughs> I think that honestly, <laughs> this is funny that we're getting to this point, but I think like, I genuinely think an Avengers versus Justice League movie is going to happen. Oh, I think so too. I, I think, I think James Gunn <laughs> is more than like down to ball up in that court. I, I think we're going to see it at some point. And I literally think that will be the moment when my brain both explodes as a fan <laughs> and I go, this is the stupidest thing that has ever happened in this is like, it will be literally the superhero, like, um, uh, like, like apex moment. Like this is, this is the, the vanishing point. Like this is the, like, what do they call it for? Like AI when it becomes like conscious, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, like this, that is that point. <laughs> yeah. And everything else will just blow up from there. I think. That, that will be the point when they are on the ramp that is gonna launch them over a shark you know what i mean <laughs> yeah I agree. It, it, you're right though it's probably, i will it's, i will be you and i will be right there at the front row yeah in like 20 years yes, <laughs> 20, 40, I, I will seven. I, it's not even a joke i actually will and but sadly i think that the way that that will happen is that disney will end up like buying warner brothers or something like that <laughs> i really hope like not. there's no way there's no way that they're just gonna come to like an agreement and just like be like yeah shake hands we're we're both gonna make money on this no no, well, no. sony sony and marvel did with spider-man and spider-man yeah, well, so- is <laughs> arguably a bigger property than justice league 
<laughs> that is true but mm-hmm. also like so you know sony was not doing well yeah <laughs> before <laughs> they made that deal is warner uh, brothers and, doing well i mean i don't know well we'll have to wait and see but yeah. like i i agree i think that would not come about unless there was some serious money that could be could be i don't know but i just do we have is there any way to wrap up this conversation <laughs> all right so what was your favorite favorite of ant-man and the wasp quantum my favorite favorite was modok's face I think I think he had a really really great face and reminded me a lot of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, with like Mister Electric, whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah, and no, I, I I feel you. And I thought it was really funny. What was what was your favorite favorite? My favorite favorite was uh probably Jonathan Majors. Yeah, I just think he's he's gonna be an Oscar winner someday. Yeah. Like, it's so inevitable. I think if there's anything that comes out of this film, even if you think the character of King was not well handled in this film, Jonathan Majors is really good. And I think he's going to do a really good job as whatever villain. Uh, Like, I'm really excited to see him in, like, literally any movie. And that is the only thing I think at least uh, uh, making me hold on to hope for general audiences is is Jonathan Majors right now. Because I think he's going to, I think he literally will carry this entire phase of film on his back and it's kind of be, it's going to be really cool to see. I agree. I, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for it. I think that, and you know, we were just talking about earlier, he's, mm-hmm. he's going to be in a bunch of other movies too. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, he's going to be not only the face of Marvel, mm-hmm. but he's, he's just going to become a superstar in Hollywood. He's, it's crazy. I think this, I've never seen anything like what is going on with Jonathan Majors right now, like in terms of Hollywood and becoming like a megastar this quickly. And I don't even think he is like a megastar yet. He's just, he's like on the brink. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's, 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 he's on the cusp of like superstardom. Yeah. So, like, I'm looking at his shows and movies right now. But no, I think like every, like he's been in a ton of things and people, whenever they see him go like, he's amazing. But I don't think everybody knows who he is quite yet, but I think not, not yet. I think that this year though, with this movie Mm -hmm. and Creed three. Oh yeah. And like Loki, presumably. Yeah. um, Like just all this stuff. He, he's just going to keep showing up in more places. And then eventually, he was in a movie that Eventually premiered take over the this multiverse. year. True, that is also going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but he he was in a movie called Magazine Dreams that premiered at Sundance this year. Mm-hmm. And while the reviews that I heard about the movie as a whole were kind of mixed ish, mm-hmm. I did hear pretty much that everyone thinks that his performance in that movie is like Oscar nomination contender. That is awesome. Okay. So like he if this is, you know I I only first heard about him like within like the last like three years two years, mm-hmm. and like he's got such a long career ahead of him. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, least favorite, least favorite. Least favorite. Okay, least favorite is ooh. Uh, I think Bill Murray could have had more screen time. We didn't oh, even talk about him. I, I forgot about him. 
Yeah. We didn't we didn't talk about a lot of stuff because we, you know, we, we went into a Marvel talk, which is okay. <laughs> we did. <laughs> if I'm summarizing my thoughts on like all the performances, yeah. Paul Rudd, oh, obviously like, we can do this. great. Ready an hour Jonathan into the Major. Jonathan Major's great. Mm-hmm. Catherine Newton. I thought she was uh, pleasant, fine. A lot of people were welcome. mad at yeah. her performance for some reason. I thought she did a good job. I don't know what to say. I, I think people are expecting a lot more out of these films than what you and I are expecting. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I don't, I don't know what people want. It's like it was <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, Evangeline Lilly could have had more, but well, yeah. honestly, it's fine. I, I thought Scott, Scott, Cassie, and and Kang were. And actually, Janet. I thought Jan, uh, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. I think she did a really good job. She's. I she's do too. Really great. I just think that when you have a cast of yeah. of one, two, three, four, five, six people mm-hmm. who are like, you know, you know, obviously there's Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. but like five supporting cast members, like they can't all have like too much time to speak you know i I thought that was really smart to take out luis and um the other people in the crew i don't remember their names but i think focusing on just like the ant family and kang is was really even like having less bill murray so maybe that's like not my least favorite you know i think it kind of worked to just have a really tight focus because i don't really feel like any character was underutilized like i think hank pym had his moment to shine you know janet had a really cool connection to kang cassie even though people didn't like like i I thought her whole thing with the rebellion and revolution was actually really really well written and well set up because like the whole film she's like this kind of like politically active you know character and it makes a lot of sense for her to get up there and like do that whole revolution thing and i think a lot of people were like whenever there's a character like that they're gonna go like mary sue or like you know whatever i guess and it's just like I thought she was right. good. I don't know. I thought it was well written. Like it's not. It's not going for an Oscar. You know. I think everything makes sense. Like what I have wanted, maybe a little deeper of a story, especially for Scott. I think it would have been cool. Maybe a little bit more internal conflict. But I don't really think these movies are trying to do that. I don't really think they're trying to go that far. You know, this isn't like a character study of Ant Man. It's just like a family f- fun film. I want an Ant Man movie. That is the Joker of Ant-Man movies. <laughs> Cast well, someone else. And Joaquin make Phoenix them... as, as Pink Pin. <laughs> yes. Yep. Honestly. Yep. I'm surprised that he's not in MCU yet. Well, maybe not. I'm not surprised, but like, I'm not he's surprised. a name that I would have expected to pop up. He, I could see him popping up as like a Bill Murray type thing for like a really quick role. Uh, I yeah. think that'd be, that'd be cool, but... Um, oh, I my, will say, oh, my, my only last thing to add about Marvel stuff is I think this movie makes me really excited for Fantastic Four whenever oh, that comes yeah. out. True, true, true. Yeah. Um, um, I'm just, I'm, that's probably my most ex- hyped up Marvel project that's coming out. <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, I want more information on that. I really do. Um, my least favorite is probably there weren't enough connections to the other Avengers just joking um, where was captain oh captain america did show up for a bit we had scott with the shield oh yeah true <laughs> i that's true i i completely forgot about that I, I was thinking the same thing when i watched it though yeah um i don't know yeah what 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 would be my least favorite mm. Mm, maybe 
I feel like maybe like the exposition mm-hmm. of the movie could have been a little bit more fleshed out because mm-hmm. like it really felt really fast. Like, yo, here we're catching up with Scott Lang. He's he wrote a book and yeah. his daughter's in jail. And then they, they, they oh, and we're in the quantum realm. I, I do think the movie could have been a little longer. Like, I don't think it was bad for being short, but I, I wish they added like 30 minutes. I think it would have it would have made things a little smoother, maybe. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I I kind of feel like I agree with that. Well, well, score. What do you think? I want to hear your score. Seven point five. That's what that's that was my score too. Oh my gosh! Whoa. Yeah. Look at us. And I'm not just saying that to make it easy. <laughs> I actually thought it was just it was somewhere between seven and eight. It was like yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not below five like the critics would have you believe. Yeah, no, hundred percent. This is not a this is not a fifty percent RT movie. I think I think it's a it's a solid. If I were to like give it an RT score, I'd say it's like a solid 74 percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, like it's... Infinity War, I think got like a seventy something, didn't it? Wait, <sighs> I got. I think, I think it got like. Oh come on, come on! What is it? Why is why is Rotten Tomatoes so hard to figure out? I think Infinity War has oh it has an eighty five okay never mind I know there's like a big Marvel movie that has a seventy maybe it's Ultra Ultron Age of Ultron is probably so, in Age that of Ultron is seventy six I would give this movie a higher score than Age of no you know actually I'd say seventy four it's probably a, around the par of like yeah, yeah. seventy four seventy five like that's that's what I would probably give it if I was if I was uh, CEO of Rotten Tomatoes and I, I chose all the scores. <laughs> well that's it for this episode of movie reviews no one asked for what do you think of ants <laughs> do you like them i man i just want to say man because you said ant man <gasps> um quantum it, mania it, <laughs> uh listen to the rest of our episodes that are on spotify and other streaming platforms we were considering doing a different movie today but we ended up we doing were. this one that's okay we will probably review we, we can do that movie next week i'm fairly sure yeah Unless, does creed come out mm, i'm not sure when creed comes out but that is one that i will definitely want i have you seen the other two i have not oh i haven't seen creed 2 okay i gotta see creed 2 um but i want i want to do knock at the cabin i really want to do that one okay cool 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 yeah, I, I think you'll like it okay um but for now can you hear that meowing, dude? Yeah, I heard the cat. Jeez. Um, what I was going to say is if I or we don't see you tomorrow, good afternoon, good evening, and good morning. Hmm. I think that was a, a wee bit wrong. I don't know. But the episode's over now. Goodbye. <laughs>